Macworld Podcast number 274 for Wednesday, December 7th, 2011. Hello again, everyone. This is Philip Michaels hosting the Macworld Podcast this week. As you may have noticed if you visit Macworld.com, we've posted our Editor's Choice Awards for the year. This recognizes the uh, top products in the various uh, uh, platforms we cover, the Mac, the uh, iPod, and a little bit iOS. We'll, we'll, we'll delve into that later. And I have a few people here to talk about the awards and some of the products that uh, uh, took the top honors for 2011. Uh, I'm joined by Macworld Senior Editor Roman Loyola. Howdy. Uh, Macworld Senior Editor Jackie Dove. Hey there. And Macworld Staff Editor Serenity Caldwell. Hello, hello. And Eddie Awards. Roman, you were the manager of the Eddie Awards this year, so all the all the blame falls to you for those for anyone overlooked should send you their, their angry emails. Why don't it's all you my fault. why don't you tell us a little bit about the, the process, the criteria, uh, uh, what the Eddie Awards are all about? So the Eddie, Eddie Awards are what we the Macworld editors decide as the top products of the year and that year being the beginning of November of 2010 to November of this year. Which is something that we do, I, I, I'll leap into explain because of the, the vagaries of print publication uh, right. sort of prevent us from, from it being a perfect calendar year. This, um, In addition to appearing online, the, the, the Eddie's article will also show up in the February 2012 issue, which will be winging its way to your mailboxes in January 2012. Did you get all that? Good. Roman, please continue. So what we do is uh, we basically go through all the products that we've reviewed, but also we try to scan the field to find products that we haven't reviewed. And if we haven't reviewed them, we get them in to take a look, look at them. And then we basically start out with this giant list of products and we try to whittle that list down and we eventually get to the winners. And it's a probably like a two, three-month process. So we started doing this. I, I'm asking this as if I didn't participate in this. Yes. So so you started doing this, it sounds like, back in uh, August, late August? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, around there, yeah. All right. And what kind, of, um, what kind of criteria are we looking at? Well, we have actually something called QUIVER, which is an acronym. It stands for quality. Um, and then the U, I think, used to stand for uniqueness, but it now stands for utility, um, innovation. It, it, it has it, – the, the U contains multitudes, yes. it sounds like. Yes. Innovation, value, excellence, and I forget what the R stands for. Reliability. Reliability, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so These are guidelines that we use to sort of uh, – <laughs> uh, uh, um, uh, guide our discussions and um, help us reflect on which products really rise to the level of of editors' uh, choice awards. Some some products could be better in some categories. Uh, some products could really shine when it comes to value, and others could uh, uh, really shine when it comes to innovation. Right? And, uh, am I am I summarizing it fairly decently, Roman? Yeah, a product doesn't have to be all encompassing of that criteria. But when we're debating 
the merits of each product, we fall back on that criteria and we can say, well, you know, it falls on, fails, on the, fails on the reliability issue. And then we kind of go, oh, yeah, you're right. And, you know, so that's sort of a basis for our uh, determining the qualifications of these products. Um, so basically we corral a list of products. We get products in that we haven't seen. Uh, we take a look at the products we haven't seen. We whittle down this list. We meet in a room and we discuss the merits of – we go through the list and talk about each product. And eventually we come up with this list and we usually come up with a list between 20 and 25 products. How many winners were there this year? This year there were 23. Okay. And uh, it's not just one meeting. It's a, it's a series of meetings. It's a and series a, of meetings. A, as yeah. we say, a multi, multi-month process. Yeah. All right. Looking at uh, the list of this year's winners, which you can see, as I said, on Macworld.com, is there any one encompassing theme or are there any lessons to be gleaned from from what took home the prizes this year? I'll throw that that question to the floor. Well, I think on the whole, we're looking at a trend. Uh, I mean, we we honored the Mac App Store as a technology and that's that's been – Growing on the Mac uh, with Apple's introduction of it, I believe in what July, J- January, Jan- January, January of this year. Wow, yeah. it's yeah. really been that long. It really has. See, it's. Uh, it seems like it was just yesterday. It's taken storm, though. I mean, and, quite. And yet, a, it's been with us always. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's been haunting us. Uh, but met quite quite few of our of our honorees are Mac App Store apps. Alfred is a Mac App Store app, although you can also get it off off of that. Uh, Fantastical is a Mac App Store app. And I think on the whole, we're looking at – in terms of software, we're looking at software that increasingly does one specific yet really helpful task. Like if you look in an example of Fantastical, it's designed pretty much for you to very, very quickly see all of your events and make an event using casual language. Like for instance, you talk to Siri on your iPhone iPhone 4S. Uh, and you look at Alfred. It's a launcher application that's designed to help you launch your applications and do very simple things. So – even though, even though, like the the initial goal of it is, you know, here here are these five simple things you can do. You can increasingly use this application to expand your horizons in in other unique areas. Uh, but I think that's that's interesting to look at in terms of the hardware. Um, we honored the 11 inch MacBook Air, which we honored the original 11 inch MacBook Air in our Editor's Choice Awards last year. So, so why the repeat winner? Uh, primarily, it's because of the addition of Thunderbolt uh, and in terms of speeding up the, the overall system, uh, adding the backlit keyboard is a nice – and it's, it's really – it's a solid revision on top of what is already a really fantastic product. If anybody's heard me, I have an 11-inch and, and I've often said to friends and to Twitter that it is the best computer that I've ever owned. It's portable enough that I can take it pretty much anywhere from a subway station to an airplane to just hanging out in the office. I use it frequently over my 27-inch MacBook uh, or my 27-inch iMac. Uh, and it's, it's really, you know, it's a, it's a perfect portable computer, I think. Um, it seems like the, the – just looking down the list that there was um, a fairly uh, even distribution between, you know, your big – your big companies and your your one or two person uh, uh, developers is that is that a correct impression? Definitely. I mean, the Mac App Store 
it's just like the iOS app store, is really giving an avenue to these small development houses that otherwise would have to develop kind of a niche audience online and trust on networking either, you know, in the old days was email lists and now it's Twitter and Facebook. But now they have a chance basically to be shipped default on many Macs or at least the store to be shipped default on many Macs and have an opportunity to reach consumers that they may not have otherwise reached, including people who just, you know, would normally never go out on the internet for looking for software because, God, that is a scary and wild and lawless place. But the Mac App Store, well, that looks regulated and safe and fun. And, hey, they have bright, shiny banners. So I think definitely that that gives an opportunity for software makers. And in terms of hardware makers, there's some smaller hardware shops that got honored this year as well, like the Nomad Brush, which is an iPad, iPad 2 tablet stylus uh, that originally launched, I believe, in March or April and has since iterated into a couple of different versions uh, and like that, that brush started off as a one-person company and now with the success of partially with the iPad being a major consumer tool, it's been able to reach a lot of people through that and through Twitter and really grow its influence. Mm-hmm. And when you say that uh, the Nomad brush is a, is a fine product, you know <laughs> of what you speak given all those styluses you, you tested for us in the past year. Yes. I, 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 there's a 12 stylus roundup uh, sitting on our website and I have about 35 in my drawer right now. Oh, my heavens. Yeah, that... Contenders for next year's eddies perhaps. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackie. What, yes. What were some of the um, the products on our winners list that you were uh, particularly impressed by this year? Well, I really love the Canon Rebel uh, T3i, and that is a beginning DSLR that uh, you know folks can buy when they're just moving up from a point and shoot camera. And a beginning DSLR for for most folks is something that's a big deal, and you're going out there and you are serious about taking great photographs. So the Rebel T3i, it's $999 with an 18 to 135 millimeter lens kit, or you can buy it body only. Um, basically gives you great image and video quality. It's got an easy menu system for beginners to follow. It uh, has auto and manual settings. If you if you're feeling lazy, you just put it on auto, and you'll get great pictures that way. Or you can fool around with all of the settings, and uh, and and it does some great things. Um, did you want me to go on to some other ones? Yeah, yeah, or do you yeah, want to continue with the T3i? Well, well, I think you've said all that there is to say about the T3i. Well, tell me about. Um, uh, is something that you're particularly enamored with. Okay, Type DNA is basically a font management tool. Now, font management tools are are meant to be utilitarian, but uh, Type DNA takes it into the creative realm by by a certain intelligence that's built into the software. So it gives you things like um, similar uh, functionality, which lets you choose a reference font and then find similar fonts to those. And you can also uh, 
get harmonious fonts, fonts that look well together uh, with the with the harmony setting. And it lets you, again, choose a reference font and it finds complementary fonts for you. And then the smart choice is um, lets you mix up headline, body type, and, and other kinds of um, different treatments that you would want for different creative projects. So this is really aimed at a creative professional, this kind of app? Well, it, it's aimed at creative professionals, but in fact, it's very easy to use for just about anyone. And uh, if you, even if you're not a creative pro and you don't need to manage your fonts, you still can use um, Type DNA to help you choose and, and place and pick fonts for your projects. Um, in, and it also, um, it, it gives you a lot of font suggestions and it's really very helpful uh, for beginning designers. Uh, anything else? Well, there was one more, and it's um, it's that program called Hype, and basically that's an interactive web design authoring program, and you can use it. Anybody can use it. It's a WYSIWYG program. It gives you website animations and lets you create interactive and dynamic websites very easily uh, without having to code. So um, it, it's great for web designers who want to delve into actions and behaviors but don't want to use Dreamweaver or Flash in order to do it. All righty. Uh, Ren, did anything uh, capture your eye? You've already mentioned some some of the apps out there and applications and, and styluses. Uh, what else do you got? Well, uh, Portal Two is one of the one of the ones that I ended up writing up for this year's Editor's Choice Awards, and I just want to give a small shout out to that. That's a really really great game that uh, launched day and date on the Mac as part of Valve's Steam Store, which is available on the Mac, the PC, and I believe the PlayStation Three now. Um, so that's a that's a really fantastic game, and we were happy to be able to honor that, especially because again it came on the Mac day and date. Uh, one of the really really interesting technologies, and there are quite a few technologies that we honored this year uh, that I saw was Square, uh, which is actually it was it was out um, floating around for a little bit before last November, but we decided to give it an exception just because it's really come into its own this year. Now, what what does Square allow us to do? Square is a combination app for your iOS device and a little extension doggle that, in short, allows pretty much anybody to take credit card payments. So you don't necessarily need to be a processor. You don't have to have a business. You don't have to, you know, basically if you want to have a yard sale and you want to sell your GameCube for a hundred bucks, you and someone, you know, doesn't necessarily have a hundred bucks in their pocket. You're like, okay, that's no problem. I can take a credit card. And you just pop this little tiny dongle that's, you know, just about the size of a quarter on top of your phone through its headphone jack. Uh, you just have a Square account. It's a 2.75% charge on whatever you decide to charge for your for your item. You just swipe their credit card, have them sign for it, and you can email them your receipt. And, I mean, this is, this is being used casually by consumers because it's an absolutely free process. The only thing that Square charges for is the payment, uh, the payment processing. So it doesn't cost any money to set up an account. It doesn't cost any money for the dongle. They just mail them right out to you. Uh, so, you know, it's really, really useful for the average consumer to use if they're, you know, work, lending money to somebody else or they're collecting payments for their uh, for their team for, like, dues. And But there's also – there are people who are running legitimate businesses who are using this as an alternative to pay, credit card processing. Well, we, we, we have a lot of street fairs in, yes. in, my, <laughs> in my neck of the woods. Get out of the streets, I say. No, but it's, it's a delightful time and they the, – you know, the people sell their artwork or their clothing and you go there and, and it's – Generally, um, 
uh, a cash only uh, type proposition. But with this kind of uh, device, all it sounds like all they'd have to do is uh, stick the, the the dongle in their their iPhone and and they're good to go. Absolutely, it makes it very very accessible, and especially like San Francisco has a, a legion of food trucks that patrol the streets, and it's a heck of a lot easier. To say you know, oh, I want to pick up a seven dollar sandwich at lunch. Uh, if there's a crowd of 300 people lining up in front of this food truck, if they have a square, a square reader, it's just a matter of, all right, let me swipe all your cards rather than dealing with a whole mess of cash. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you also wanted to talk about Printopia as, yes. as we were discussing before the podcast began. <laughs> Printopia is another one of those apps that uh, – does a does a simple thing, but gives a variety of ways in which to do it. Uh, Printopia, the the basic idea is that it allows you to print anything from your iPhone to your Mac, and you can use it basically as a router. So you can, without necessarily having to have an AirPrint compatible printer, you can print something from your iPhone directly to your non-AirPrint compatible printer through Printopia. But what I and a lot of my coworkers use it for is that you can actually print images or screenshots off of the iPhone or web pages to a specific app. So let's say if I have a screenshot – I'm taking a screenshot of Siri for a Siri improvements article, say. I can just press the print button on my iPhone and it will automatically print that to Photoshop where I can then redress that image how I choose without having to connect my phone, do all of that dongles. You can also send things directly to Dropbox. You can set up password protection for your printers. It's a really, really full-featured little addition that's absolutely invaluable for some of us. All right. Roman, are you still with us? Yes, I'm still here. Oh, good, good. The way I'm sitting, I can't actually see Roman, so he might have actually (laughs) slipped out while we were recording earlier. What products caught your eye during this process, Roman? Well, uh, Ren mentioned earlier the MacBook Air with Thunderbolt, and Thunderbolt had an impact on this year's eddies. There were three products this year that were Thunderbolt-related, the MacBook Air, and then Apple's Thunderbolt Display. So this is essentially the cinema display that Apple has, but it has Thunderbolt with it. And what it does is, it, especially for the MacBook Air, it sort of acts as like a dock for the MacBook Air, and it gives you more uh, connectivity. So the back of the Thunderbolt Display has three USB ports, a FireWire 800 port, uh, a gigabit Ethernet port, an additional Thunderbolt port, and then the permanently attached cable on the uh, display is actually a Thunderbolt cable. So you can attach it to your MacBook Air and you get all this connectivity. That's It's a way you can connect, your say, your FireWire 800 hard drive to your MacBook Air uh, without losing any performance, and um, it makes it it makes it a more it makes the MacBook Air a more attractive machine. Um, and another Thunderbolt uh, device that came out that we gave an Eddie Award to was the Pegasus R6, and this was one of the first Thunderbolt peripherals out there. And it's a um, six drive RAID array. It's uh, pre configured as a RAID five, but you can change it to a level. Zero, one, or ten for people who are into RAID, uh, and in our testing, we found that the performance of this RAID array was seven times faster than a FireWire 800 array. Doing uh, read read re, during our read test, and then in, in our write test, it was eleven times faster than FireWire 800. So it's a pretty 
pretty fast drive, and it has two Thunderbolt ports, so you can uh, do some daisy-chaining, too, so you can connect other devices. Um, so Thunderbolt kind of had a big impact on our Eddie Awards. Now, um, we, we've discussed this, I think, on, in, on past podcasts. I think yeah. you might have even been participating um, uh, about the emergence of Thunderbolt and one of the, the difficulties with it was that it was taking a while for, for products to emerge. Is, is that still the case, Roman, or uh, are, are some of these uh, um, Eddie winners that we've selected, are they heralding the new dawn of – Thunderbolt-ready uh, products. Yeah, it's still the case that Thunderbolt peripherals are trickling out. In the past month, we've seen Lassie come out with a couple with their uh, little big discs. There are a lot of um, video video hardware devices that you can use with Thunderbolt that are coming out. Uh, there are a few more RAID arrays that are coming out. They're still trickling out, and they're still sort of aimed at the higher-end user, so somebody who's more of a professional video editor, someone who's handling a lot of data, not necessarily a consumer-level uh, product. The LC products probably come the closest to being a consumer-level product. I see. Now, um, are there any Thunderbolt, non-Thunderbolt-related Eddie winners you'd like to talk about? Yeah, w- one product that I really like, um, some people tend to think that the Eddie's tend to showcase – in order to win an Eddie, you have to be this complicated product with a lot of features. But sometimes if you're a simple product and you just do what you do elegantly, uh, we'll recognize, you can get an Eddie as well. And that product, in this case, it's the uh, Mophie Juice Pack Plus. And all this is is a supplemental battery for your iPhone 4 or your, for your iPhone 4S. It's, uh, has, it's a, it about doubles the battery life. Yes, offers that, yes. Twice the battery life, it's 2,000 milliamp hours, which is about – you get about, about twice the battery life as you would with a, with a regular iPhone. Um, and, you know, with the, people, with the reported battery problems that people were having when iOS 5 and the iPhone 4S came out, you know, a supplemental battery suddenly became more of an attractive accessory for your uh, iPhone. And um, the Juice Pack Plus also comes in six different colors. So if you want a black one or a red one or a blue one, you can get one that suits your taste. And it's really well designed. It has it actually has a on-off switch, so you can actually turn off the Juice Pack Plus if you don't want it to charge your phone. A lot of batteries don't do that. It's um, it's it has this nice feel to it, a nice texture, so that's very grippable. Um, it makes all the buttons accessible still. Uh, it's just a very nicely designed product. Not very complicated, but very well done. All right. Now, I, I was going to say a few words about the Mac App Store, but I think Ren kind of stole my thunder earlier in the podcast. No, it's all right. It's all right. It spares the audience from having li- to listen to me talk to that. Instead, as the iOS guy in the room, I will talk about the, the wonders of iOS 5, which is um, the uh, mobile operating system update that Apple released just this year, uh, really ushered in, um, I would contend, a, a new era of maturity for iOS devices. Uh, these days, uh, an iPad or an iPhone can be your primary computing device thanks to some of the features in iOS 5 like over-the-air updates, um, the improved push notifications, uh, uh, Twitter integration. It, um, 
it's nice to have a Mac to to support your uh, your iOS device and to just have that connected universe, but you don't need it anymore. And I think we're gradually shifting to that where the the iPad certainly will be able to to stand on its own. And speaking of the iPad, hey, the iPad two won. Right, it did, and deservedly so. I think we would all yes. agree. Um, I don't think there will be any dissent about that. Uh, 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 better, better, faster dual-core processor, improved graphics, uh, and best of all, no price change from the from the earlier model. This was a year that saw a lot of tablets come, and and in the case of the HP Touchpad, go. Um, and yet, that no one has really caught up to the iPad um, at this point, and it's. In large part because Apple has sort of refused to 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 stand pat. It keeps uh, pushing the, the the yard markers forward for for the tablet market. Say there there are always a few products that you would think would be on the list but aren't. And Roman, would you care to address um, some of the, the the more notable missing missing sure. items on the list? I think I think the elephant in the room is the iPhone 4s that we've already mentioned. One would think that that would have Earned an award, and yet here here we are right. with, without an iPhone 4s getting an Eddie Award. So the iPhone 4s was on the list of finalists, and we kind of went back and forth. And I was actually sort you, of a strong pro- you're proponent. A pr- at you're first. a proud owner of the iPhone 4s, I'm Roman. A proud owner, and um, as I said during one of the meetings, I think I, I think I said it was like the greatest thing ever or something <laughs> when I first got it. Yeah, and 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 we said, oh, that's nice. Roman has a <laughs> Roman likes his phone. <laughs> And then as time went on, you weren't hooted out of the room. Is basically what I'm saying, like you normally would be when you make pronouncements. Yes. As time went on, but as time went on, and then at the time, uh, one of my main concerns was the battery life because I was experiencing uh, a heavy battery drain throughout the day, and just doing basic things like listening to music or checking when the next bus was coming seemed to suck the life out of my battery. And so that kind of weighed heavily on my decision. And, you know, people – there was this argument. One of the arguments was that, it was you know, it's an incremental upgrade from the iPhone 4. I upgraded from an iPhone 3GS, which is why I was uh, more in favor of it than others. Uh, but in the end, uh, it ended up falling short of uh, – Receiving an award. Which is not to say it's not a terrific phone. Right. It's just there are only so many statues to go around right. and and, um, and here we're splitting hairs as to, to what can and can't uh, get it. Siri. Why didn't we give an award to Siri? Siri is a great technology and having just gotten an iPhone 4S, I very, very much appreciate it in my daily life. But it's still very much a beta product. I mean Apple – As Apple says. <laughs> Apple exactly. freely admits <laughs> – Apple has labeled a debate a product on their website, and they are not wrong. Siri can't do some basic things that I'd really like it to do. It can't tell me where the cheapest gas station is. It can't give me turn-by-turn directions. It can't, can't, can't send a tweet. It can't send a tweet. And as as we may have seen in Dan Warren and Lex Friedman's very nice What We're Missing from Siri piece that went up on Tuesday, there are just – you know there are some things that we really would like to see in Siri and hopefully that they will come to it before it comes out of beta. And – so in general – and also in general, we make a rule just not to give eddies to beta products just because, you know, they're still working the kinks out. There are still things to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Jackie, did is there anything that we uh, overlooked in your, your way of thinking this past year? 
No, I actually was one of the people who didn't dissent on our decisions. <laughs> so there you go. Jackie is very agreeable, everyone. Um, I think that uh, – well, there is there is one thing that I think um, um, I would like to point out that, that we've overlooked are iOS apps. And the reason that we overlook those, those get their own awards. Um, the app gems, those will be appearing on Macworld.com next week. So if you're um, sending us the angry email right now saying, how could you have overlooked angry birds? Um, don't worry. The apps will have their moment in the sun. And spoiler alert, you'll be sending your how could you have overlooked angry birds emails next week. So, uh, Ren, is there anything you wanted to add to this? I mean, there are a couple of other uh, okay. Apple-related products. Oh, that sure. We have. I mean, we didn't we didn't recognize Lion um, partially because it's a very I, I'd say. Uh, split decision on Lion in between members of our office and I'd say members of the whole. While it has a fairly wide adoption rate, there are just some things that people aren't quite connecting with in Lion. There are some things that feel unfinished. There are some things that definitely need to be iterated on. And while it's a, a really – like Siri, while it's really cool – jump forward, there are some things that we'd like to still see. And iCloud as well. If you want to talk about sort of the, the hidden the hidden giant of iOS 5 and what contributes towards that, there are some great features in iCloud, uh, but it's not without its initial bumps and it's still very much in an early phase. So we may, we'll, we'll see what happens in a, in a year or so. All right. I think that pretty much wraps up our discussion of the of the Editor's Choice Awards for 2011. What what year is this of the Eddies? The 20, 27th. The 27th Annual Eddie Awards. Wow. And we do actually give the companies a trophy. No, there is a physical statue. There is an actual say, Eddie. The, the, this is not a metaphorical statue that, that, that um, um, people get. So if you are a lucky winner – you you get something lovely for your mantle place. Roman, can you describe the statue for, for for listeners who haven't emblazoned it in their memory? Yes, it's a gold. Well, it's made of. I think it's brass, right? <laughs> yes. It's brass. Let's 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 not like overhype right. this. It's, it's made of solid gold. You melt it down for when the economy crumbles. It, it's extremely heavy. Let's just yes. put yes. it that way. It's yes. it's a it's 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 not something you get at a, a cheap soccer award. Banquet. Right. It's quite a heavy, heavy trophy. And continue. Roman. It's a. Is it a man? It's it's a figure. <laughs> it's a it's a faceless figure. Like Siri, right? Kind of like Oscar. Like Siri, the Eddie is <laughs> of indeterminate gender. Right. Holding up a, uh, I would I guess like a, an old Mac, an a Mac Plus kind of model. Oh uh, yeah, Mac SE. So, I always thought it's it a was. it's a nice statue. It's a very nice. statue. I have one in my cube. I found it in storage. Hmm. I believe there's a picture of you holding it up with a uh, Mac with a cube over it. Oh, is there? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I will see if I can find the uh, the image. Yeah, we can include that in our in our show notes if you do. Yes. So um, so uh, good news, winners! You'll be getting a, a lovely heavy trophy. Please don't melt it down for for currency. It's not made of gold. No, we misspoke earlier. Don't bring it to the mall. No. <laughs> Try and sell, sell it, it for <laughs> – we take back your gold places. Well, now we certainly are done with this episode of the Macworld podcast. Before we can say anything 
foolish about the, what our statues are made of. Uh, again, <laughs> let me thank Roman Loyola for all his hard work on the Eddie feature. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Jackie Dove. And th- And thank you, uh, Serenity Caldwell. Pleasure. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. This has been Philip Michaels on the Macworld Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. 